This is a CBC podcast. We're those kids. That's why I like it because we're always like the the grunge kid, the kicked out kids, the skater kids. This is a big happy family. This is Mike Drop. Mike Drop. It's about us, teens, and our stories and what we've been through. What we are still going through without any adult interruptions. Testing. Testing. Mike will drop in five, okay. four, um. three, two. Drop the mic. <laughs> I've never held the mic before, and this feels good, actually. Those are some of the voices from our CBC podcast for teens, Mic Drop. I'm Sherry O'KK, creator of Mic Drop, and part of the podcast team that handed the mic over to teenagers. We so rarely hear their perspectives on what's going on in their lives. So when we first made the podcast, we put a call out there looking for teens who had something to say. And we were flooded with messages. Teens eager to share their experiences with toxic friendships, mental health challenges, racism, peer pressure, you name it. We handed them the mic and did they ever open up. But that was nearly two years ago. A lot can change in that time. So on this New Year's Day, we're checking in with some of those teens to see where they're at now. And we'll also reflect a bit. We're going to have them listen back to what they said two years ago. What's changed? You're listening to Mic Drop 2020. People think I'm a boy because I have, you know, short hair and I wear, you know, quote unquote, what boys usually wear in society. My name's Melissa. I'm 13 years old. Um, I go to a private high school that has uniforms. Melissa is the first teen we're reconnecting with today. And just like in our podcast, we're sticking to first names only, and in some cases, pseudonyms. This way, all the mic drop teens can speak freely without worrying that these moments might follow them forever online. We just heard a clip of Melissa from the mic drop episode called Not Fair, and she joins me now in studio. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. How does it feel to be in studio? We met at your house last time. It feels different. It feels kind of more serious. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not too serious, I hope. Mm -mm. We're going to have fun catching up today. You're 15 now. Yeah. You were 13 in the podcast. Let's have a listen to how you introduced yourself back then. Okay. I don't look like a lot of girls in my grade. Um, I'm. Oh, yeah. I'm also... Um, a girl that's gay in Montreal. And then I remember there was this one time when I was I went into the bathroom and this this uh, grade 10 girl actually came up to me and pushed me out of the bathroom and told me to go to the boys bathroom. So I had to go get one of the one of the teachers to like deal with this because I couldn't go to the bathroom with this girl there. It was hard because I wouldn't be able to concentrate because I really I really had to pee, but I wouldn't go to the I would refuse. I was like, no, I'm not going to the bathroom. I didn't want to get pushed out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to get teachers involved. I would wait until I got home and I would go to the bathroom at home. That's Melissa from the Mic Drop episode called Not Fair. And Melissa is sitting in studio with me right now. It's been two years since you shared that story in the podcast. What do you think now when you hear it? That I, I cared so much about what other people thought. I mean, now if I was faced with the same challenge, I'd probably just go in the bathroom and not really care. But like me back then, it was so like, this is an outrage and this has to be talked about more. But I mean, now I'm just kind of, I just do my own thing. Well, how much would you say your life has changed since you were in the podcast? Uh, It's way different. Completely different school. I go to a public school now instead of a private one. What do you like better about that school? The vibe is different. The kids are different. The way people act is different. Like, I feel like at my old school, people hated you until they had a reason to like you. But at my school, the people like you until they have a reason to hate you. So it's, it's, a, much, it's a much more positive environment. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. <laughs> In the podcast, you were describing encounters with homophobia. Mm-hmm. Is that different in this new school? The school is more supportive. They have like a, a gender-neutral bathroom at the school. It's very, uh, it's very open. It's more talked about. I feel like at my old school it was like very like hush hush. If you were like gay or bisexual, you wouldn't really talk about it because people would like people would like judge you, and like people still get judged at the school. But it's like it's definitely much less. And it's it's some some people actually think of it as like a positive thing. 
so it's it's very different. Like I, I look totally different and I act different now, but why? What changed? I don't know. I just I feel like more people are paying attention now. So it's about way. how people see you and what you want them to see. Yeah. Because it really is important for first impressions and stuff like that. So what impression are you trying to give off with your style these days? Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, I just like to find friends that are similar to me, which is like, and so I would express myself and like what I like through what I wear. Well, because like I skateboard, so I like I like to dress that kind of stereotypical skater girl way so people know that I do that and they would like maybe come up to me and ask and then we could become friends. That's happened before, actually. Well, let's listen to a little more of what you had to say in the Not Fair episode of Mic Drop. I had a friend last year, and she was a really good friend, and um, she invited me to her house one day. So I went to her house, and I was was trying to act polite, and I thought I was doing a really good job. I thought I was, like, engaging in conversation normally. And so I was like, I went home that day, and it was totally fine. And then my friend calls me on FaceTime, and she's like, "What did you do to my parents?" And I was, I was confused. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? You know? And they were saying that, that I was like a bad influence on her, and that I was very rude. And I was, I was, I was, I was mad because I was like, I wasn't rude. I don't remember being rude. I don't know what they were talking about. And I think. One of the reasons that they were so against it was because they were a very, very um, religious family. I think that played into um, why they didn't like me, or um, just because I seemed to be gay to them, that their daughter was automatically going to be. But that's not how it works. That's not right. Like It's scientifically proven that you're born the way you are, and you can't be like influenced into it or anything like that. It just sucks that I had to stop talking to her for that reason, really. Um, I wish we could keep being friends. People think that, you know, adults are fine, but I think we still need, like, people to educate adults on things that are changing in the world. And so I think that, you know, people think that, you know, no, adults are fine, we don't need to teach them anything anymore. They're like, you know, they've gone through college and everything. But I think there there still needs to be, like, centers for adults to ask questions, not, not just their kids. If a parent has negative thoughts that I think they're going to pass them on to their kids. So I think that kids have to have a more independent mind. And I know that obviously if it's a young kid, that's not going to, that's not going to happen. But um, I think, you know, once they get older, that kids start thinking for themselves instead of always believing every single thing their parents say about the world. Because sometimes, sometimes they're not correct. Like if, if you're the kid of like a KKK member or leader, obviously what they're saying isn't right. So you can't, you can't just, you know, believe that you know, blindly, you have to kind of think about it and challenge their beliefs. That's Melissa from the Mic Drop podcast, and she's with me here in studio. Melissa, a lot of listeners who've heard that experience of yours have been really struck by what you were going through in grade seven and grade eight. And I'm wondering, how do you look back on it now, those those experiences you had now that you're in grade 10? You're a little bit older. Well, um, the girl that I was talking about in that podcast... Uh, a few months after the podcast was actually recorded, uh, she came out to her parents as bisexual. And uh, for a while, they were really, really, really unsupportive. But uh, they actually came around. So that was a surprise. Yeah. That's a huge yeah. change from when we were talking. And does that change your impression of adults from when we spoke during the podcast? I mean, I, I still agree with what I said about adults still need, needing to be taught. You know, you have to think about, like, if there was more education on those topics for adults, that those things wouldn't even happen. You had said quite in, in quite a strong way that mm-hmm. you have to challenge adults' beliefs. Yeah, you do. What beliefs are you challenging these days? Oh, it's just uh, some of my teachers are a little bit uh, harsh, and I have to kind of not talk back to them, but I have to. You're asserting yourself at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of have to. And how's that bit. going? First, badly, but then they kind of understand what I'm saying. Sounds like you've come a long way from being afraid to confront the other kids in mm-hmm. the bathroom. Yeah. At the no, beginning yeah. of high school to now where you're you're able to assert yourself with a teacher and advocate for yourself and your friends. I'm more um, confident in myself, I think. What do you think led to that? I don't know. I think just like being becoming more comfortable with myself. Um, hanging out with the right people. 
I don't know. They they make me feel better by myself. I think that's a challenge a lot of teens have mm-hmm. is winding up with the wrong yeah. friends or friends who are not actually friends. Yeah. How did that's you make true. how did you make that shift from the crowd that wasn't supportive of you to finding better matches? I don't know. I just realized that like you can't waste your time on people that aren't giving you the same energy cuz like a friendship takes two people trying. And like I realized that like most of my friendships then were just me trying and like I would always have to like call them or text them first, but so I kind of I cut off those people, not meanly. I just like kind of stopped talking to them, and I found people that that like valued me more as as a friend. They say hindsight is twenty twenty. What advice would you give your younger self? Um, I'd probably say you need to cut off the people that are making you feel horrible. And you need to find people that you that you actually want to be like and grow with because the people that you're with right now are taking you back to bad times. Definitely. Yeah. It sounds like things are a lot better than they were two years ago. Yeah. I mean, some things are worse, but like the biggest things are better. Yeah. The biggest things are better. Yeah. <laughs> What's not fair now? I don't know. There's, there's a lot of pressure for everything, for school, for relationships, friends, it's just, there's a lot of things going on that are very stressful that I didn't have before. But I mean, like, my life quality in total is better than it was. But it's just like, some things are more difficult to deal with. There's more that I have to think about now. So it sounds like you're dealing with a lot of new stresses. But overall, Mm -hmm. your quality of life is better. Yes. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But I feel like, (laughs) I feel like it is, definitely. That's okay. There's a lot of things in life that don't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a brand new year yeah. ahead. Do you have any plans or goals for 2020? Hmm. I want to take better care of myself, like, like health-wise and like, just like, mind-wise. I want to be. I want to try to be my like the happiest I can be. That's what I want to do. Do you have a few ideas of few things you're going to do to to be happier in 2020? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to start trying to do, uh, like, on the weekends, I'm going to start trying to do more things that I, that I haven't really been focusing on this year. Because, you know, usually I would go to dance class, but it's been really, I've had a lot of homework, and so I couldn't, I couldn't always make it. But, like, now I'm going to always go. I'm going to try to always go to dance class. I'm going to try to hang out with the friends that I want to see all the time. Less homework, more dancing. Sounds like a great yeah. plan for 2020. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for coming in and catching no up problem. with us. No problem. Thank you. Happy New Year. You too. Joining me next is Gary from the Mic Drop episode called Opening Up. I was diagnosed in grade three. And I think it's a normality now kids to have ADHD. I was super disorganized, super, like, ticky even more than so than now. Uh, my mom would used to come, like, when she picked me up from school, to go to my locker to, like, open it and, you know, get my jacket, get my clothes and all that. And she would always call it Hurricane Gary because of how stupidly messy it was. Gary just came into studio. Happy New Year, Gary. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. It's great to see you again. You shared such a powerful story with us in the podcast about struggling with your mental health and also with some family relationships. And when I got in touch with you about reconnecting today and coming in to give us an update, you told me straight up, look, if you're looking for some feel-good update or some fairy tale, you're not going to get that. <laughs> I love that you were so honest. And so I told you, well, we just want to know how you're doing, no matter what the answer is. So how are you? Um, I'm okay. Um, I find that in media, often people seem to like happy endings, you know. They all lived happily ever after sort of thing, and that's just not how life works. You know, mental health is still a struggle for me every day. I think it's still a struggle for everybody, in a sense, every day. Um, And I'm still going through similar stuff that I was going through two years ago. When we recorded the podcast two years ago, you were 14. Mm -hmm. You're 16 now. And at first, you actually hesitated before agreeing to be in the podcast because... 
I don't know if you remember this, but you told me that you weren't sure your story mattered enough to be in a podcast. How do you feel about that now? Yeah, um, I used to have this, I still kind of do, this sort of idea that I didn't deserve depression almost, where there's people with such worse off situations than me, you know, there's starving people, there's people, you know, whose parents might be dead. Um, and, you know, I'm just sitting here like, I don't talk to my dad anymore. Uh. And so I sort of felt like, I feel like there's more important news than just me. And how do you feel now? It's still sometimes hard for me to recognize that I do have a cross to pair and that this is a problem. But I think I've gotten better at it, and I think I've gotten more accepting towards myself. Let's listen back to how you described what you were going through in the podcast. My parents got divorced when I was five, and I have very few memories of my parents being together. First, it really wasn't that bad. They were friendly, they were nice. Uh, and then my father, he got a new wife. My dad is a very manipulative person, a very emotionally abusive person. He'll tell you to do something and then he'll get mad if you do it, and then he'll get mad if you don't do it. He just tries to find ways to set you up to fail, just so he can get angry at you to fail, you know? He moved to Toronto and he was trying to get me to move with him, even though it would be a horrible thing. Again, with him just constantly trying to manipulate my mind, trying to get me to think exactly like him, really. My dad tried to make me feel like my mom was a bad person. Even though at the same time, my mom was the only one I could talk to about how terrified I was of my dad. Oh, I have to go to dad's house again, you know. Another weekend of me being screamed at for all of my imperfections. And I just, I hated that. It was horrible. That was Gary almost two years ago in the Mic Drop podcast episode called Opening Up. Gary, how's your relationship with your dad now? Um, so I actually I haven't talked to my father in about two years, which has been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Back then you talked about your mom being the only person you could talk to. Are there other family members or friends that you've opened up to since then? I've talked to some friends about it just as an outlet, just to have friends to talk to. It was a very nice thing for me. My mom is still mainly the person I go to with these problems. You described your struggle with depression in the Mic Drop podcast. Let's have a listen back to how you described it then. If anxiety is like lighter fluid, depression is a match. The toughest moment that my depression was peaking was when I was at my camp, which is just my f the best camp in the world. It's my like Disneyland. I love it. And I was having panic attacks like every night. I would have to go to you know the infirmary. I couldn't sleep in my tent because after camp I would have to go be with my dad. Because in the summer we do two weeks at my mom's house, two weeks at my dad's house. So I would have to go see him after, and I knew that and. It was horrifying to me, the idea of that. I was stress eating, um, and I was curling up in a ball, just trying to not think of anything. When I came back from camp, I had said, so I'm, when am I gonna go to see dad? My mom sat me down and said, I'm not letting you see your dad anymore because he's not a healthy influence on you and he's just making you sad. She was absolutely right, but it was terrifying. Because my dad gets rid of everybody in his life, and he doesn't care. It's like, you were in my past life, I'm, you're gone. You just snap of a finger, and I wouldn't be in his life anymore. And to not have a dad is hard. And so I flipped. My mother did have to lock up the knives. I didn't have any will to live. The thing that helped the most were the antidepressants, um, along with some therapy. And I've had a few therapists that either weren't matches for me or were just really 
bad at their job, really unfriendly, surly people who shouldn't be working with children all the time. But, you know, I found a match. I found a great therapist, a great doctor. He was the one who really helped me. That's Gary from the CBC original podcast, Mic Drop. He was 14 then. He's 16 now and sitting here in studio with me. Gary, I noticed you were listening so closely to everything that you were saying back then in the podcast. What was going through your mind? Um, I was listening to myself and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And I think I articulated it pretty well. Um, you did very well. One thing I noticed I didn't mention, I said the antidepressants and the therapy were the biggest help to me. I think in hindsight, the thing that helped me the most was my sense of humor. That you could laugh through yeah, some of your pain. It's, you know, I would be like having a crying fit and stop for a second and just start laughing. And, you know, that, that makes me sound crazy. But I think that's what helped me get through the thickest of it. And I think without the sense of humor that I have, I'm not sure if I would be here today. So I hear confidence in that. Yeah. One of the things I've always had confidence in is my sense of humor. I mm. think there was a while I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, you know. Um, not anymore? No, not really. Show business just seems super toxic. <laughs> so laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. When you first came into studio, you were saying it's a process and you're still struggling with mental health. Mm -hmm. um, where are you at today? How would you say things are going right now? Um, you know, you just have those days where you're kind of in a fog and you're just sad or upset or angry, and those will happen. And I think the only thing you can do is learn how to fight through it, you know, as opposed to just giving into it, lying down, rolling into fetal position. That's absolutely the worst thing you can do, you know. Which you were telling us you learned at the time that we yeah. interviewed you for the podcast. So it sounds like you're building I think, on everything that you learned back then. I think that's something I learned in theory, but wasn't using in practice. I've always known that that was the case, that, you know, you have to get out. You have to be proactive in your life and do stuff. Because everybody always says it will get better, but it won't just get better if you sit down and just say, why isn't it getting better? You have to make it get better. And that was something that I needed to get through my head. And you had a big change uh, in terms of your day-to-day -day life since we saw you last. You're at a different school now. Yeah. What made you change schools? Uh, getting kicked out um, of my that last school. That would do school. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What got you kicked out? Uh I like to start stuff, be kind of the class clown, if you will. Um, Possible future stand-up comedian. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, but uh, that wouldn't get you kicked out. Enough of it will. Uh, to, after a while of disturbing every class you're in, eventually a school will say, all right, we've had enough of you, you know, we can't have you here anymore. What's life been like at the new school? Better. It's not as much about discipline as it is just education where, you know, they're giving you ways of being better as opposed to just, you know, giving you detentions, suspensions, and telling you every day that you're not good is not how you get a kid to be better. That's the worst thing to do to a struggling kid. What's helping you be better at this school? Them giving me a reason to want to be better, I guess, you know. That's great. Mm -hmm. In the podcast, you talked about that camp that you love so much. Yeah. And you were hoping at that time to return to camp. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, did you ever get to go back? So, yeah, this was my first year back. Uh, How'd it go? Um, good until it wasn't good. As far as my mental health went, it was incredible. I had the time of my life, I would say it was probably the best summer of my life. I got kicked out towards the end, which wasn't so good. You got kicked out of your happy place? Yeah. Uh, totally on me. I, I brought weed to camp. So you brought weed to camp. Yeah. Got caught. Yeah. Got kicked out. Yeah. This is your happy place that you describe in the podcast as your Disney. Mm -hmm. 
How did you react to that situation? Fear, I think, is a good word. I think of my mom. She's a scary person. Uh, I was angry at myself. Uh, I did something very stupid. Uh, I felt bad because I got other people in trouble. So it was a lot of emotions. It was hard. Any consequences? Yeah, I have to pay for camp uh, for half of it at least, which is three grand, which at 16 years old, working as a bagger at a grocery store is kind of hard to pay off. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And your mom's going to hold you to it. Uh, yeah, she is. How's it going so far? How much have you chipped away at that debt? Um, I think 600 $700. <laughs> it's a start. But yeah, it's not easy, but I'm getting there. Two years ago in the Mic Drop podcast, you shared a lesson that you had learned with us. I want you to listen back to that. The one thing that I think teens with depression need to hear is that there's other people like you who are struggling just as much. And you might feel alone, but you're really not. Find somebody that can help you help yourself. You know, a therapist, a school guidance counselor, parent, legal guardian, a sibling, a friend. Just find somebody you can talk to that can help, because talking to somebody does help immensely. You just got to be patient and just know that it's, it does get better. If you need someone to talk to about anything, Kids Help Phone is available 24-7. It's free and confidential. 1-800-668-6868. They also have a free app that you can download. It's called Always There. Or you can live chat with the counselor on Kids Help Phone website. That's Ava, another mic drop teen we're going to reconnect with in the next half hour. And before Ava, we were listening to Gary from the episode called Opening Up. And Gary's in studio with me now. Gary, in that clip, you were saying how you learned that therapy can help you and that it does get better. I'm curious, what do you feel that you've learned since then? Two years have gone by. and Yeah, um, I did mention the idea of not being alone, which I think is such a huge thing. There's such a huge stigma surrounding mental health. I have friends who I can see are very clearly going through mental health problems, and I'm like, they're talking to me, and they're like venting to me, and I'm like, you should really like see somebody for this. And they're like, no, my parents wouldn't want to pay for that, you know. My dad says going to therapist makes you crazy, like stuff like that. And so I feel like, you know, social media is also a huge contributor to that. Uh, you know, you see all these posts of people, you know, on the beach and... Life isn't a constant party, a constant beach visit, a constant holiday. Life is all of its ups and downs and, you know, the kick to the chest and the trip. It's everything. And you're only seeing a very small slice of that person's life. And social media is such a present part of our life these days that if that's all you're seeing, then you're thinking, what's wrong with me? And that just leads to a greater sense of isolation. Absolutely, which continues the cycle of depression. What's your hope for 2020? Be happier. Um, I think that's my hope for every day. Take it one day at a time. Try to be a little bit happier tomorrow than I am today. Well, we're really happy that you came in to see us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. listening to a special New Year's episode of Mic Drop. I'm Sherry OKK, creator of the CBC original podcast made just for teens. We're kicking off 2020 with young people who shared their very personal stories in our podcast. And those stories were recorded almost two years ago, which for teens is a really long time. 
So we're bringing some of them into our Montreal studio to find out what's changed. And I want to point out that having the teens in studio is really different from when we recorded the podcast. At that time, we went to them. We met up in their homes, sometimes at school, wherever they were most comfortable. And we used first names only or sometimes pseudonyms so that they could be completely open and honest and not have to worry that these moments during adolescence could follow them online forever. We're sticking with that approach today. Our next guest is the youngest mic drop participant. Ava was only 11 years old when we first met, but her story was one we knew so many teens could relate to. Happy New Year, Ava. Thank you. Happy it's, New Year, Sherry. It's great to see you again. How good old are you, you now? I'm 13 now. What feels different? I'm trustworthy, I guess you could say. I'm not just a kid. So you're a high school student now. Yeah. How's that going? It's going good. I like it a lot more than elementary, personally. I just like like the groups of friends better. Like, you have more choices. There's more people. What do you think about being here with me in studio? This is kind of different from how we I met like last it. time. I know. I like <laughs> it. It feels like I'm on the, the radio. <laughs> you the, are on the radio. I know. But when we were making the podcast, we were squeezed into your bathroom. Yeah, that was fun. Well, let's have a listen. For the Mic Drop podcast, we recorded Ava in the episode called Not Fair. Hi, my name is Ava. I'm 11 years old. I'm in my bathroom right now. I'm getting ready to wash my face because I have acne right now. We're trying to get rid of it as hard as we can, but right now we're just trying a whole bunch of different things, mixing things together, and right now it seems like it's going away, but we're just going to cross our fingers. Okay, so right now I'm going to grab my um, face cleanser. Rub it in. Run the water. It was, like, the beginning of grade five when it first started showing up. So, like, I woke up with, like, a little, like, pimple on my chin or something. And it just, like, every day it would get, like, more and more and more. Um, And by, like, the end of grade five, I was just, like, 15 pimples on my face. Okay, now that that's done, I am going to move on and get my lotion slash moisturizer. Girls in my class have, like, said to me, like, three or four times, like, about, like, my acne. Have you been drinking water? Have you been trying this? Have you been trying that? Like, my sister uses this for her acne. My sister uses that. My brother uses that. Blah, 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 blah. And I've been like, I've tried everything, what you just said. Like, I do a four-step, like, routine every single day that I got from a dermatologist, and they still say things like that. And I just find that's not fair. That was Ava in the Mic Drop podcast episode called Not Fair. She was 11 then. She's 13 now and in studio with me. And Ava, for most of our listening party so far, you've had your hands over your mouth, then over your eyes. And the one time you peeked out at me, you were rolling your eyes. What's voice? (laughs) What's going through your mind as you're listening to yourself in the podcast? I just kept on saying, "Mm, of course, like stuttering all the time. I thought you sounded great. I think the message was good. Just my voice was so different. And how is your skin? Because that was a big worry for you. Yeah, it's still, my skin's still bad. I'm medicated for acne now, which is a lot better. It's made a big difference in my skin. I still have it. I mean. What the big change I notice is how you talk about it and how you seem to feel about it. You're saying you still have it, but... It just doesn't seem to be the big nightmare that it was yeah. when we met. How did that attitude change? How did you get to this place that you're at now? I kind of just thought about it. I'm like, if I have it, I can't be complaining about it all the time. If you could talk to 11-year-old Ava, the you that yeah. was in the podcast, <laughs> what advice would you give the younger just you? Hold, like, wait, wait it out. It's <laughs> not that bad. It gets better? Yeah, it gets better. Like... When you're medicated, it, like, changes everything because I guess you could say, like, it just is still there, but it's less noticeable. Like, everything goes down. Like, the redness in your face goes down. Like, the acne itself goes down. It just gets better. And, like, at that time, I wasn't medicated, which is crazy because I've been medicated for a year, taking, like, two months or three months off after it. But it still makes a huge difference. So medication has helped with your acne. What about 
friends because at the time that we talked during the podcast, you were quite hurt by things that people would say at school and some friends would say at school. How is the friends situation now in high school? Friends situation is great. I have like a nice, like really nice people group of friends. Like, and now I feel more engaged. Like I have a big group of girls. Like there's like 16 girls in my group. So many friends. Exactly. And you were worried about high school. I know. Sounds like it's going great. It is. It's going so great right now. Well, thank you so much for coming in and giving us this update, Ava. It's great to catch up with you. Thank you for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. When Mike Drop put the call out to teens online asking, what do you want to talk about? We were inundated with responses. They wanted to talk about bullying, mental health, disabilities, racism, colorism, difficult relationships, so many different struggles. And what stood out to me from all the responses and all the interviews we did was this overwhelming sense that people don't understand. We don't get what they're going through. And we heard parents really don't get it. Jerry had a whole lot to say about that. Have a listen. I have Haitian parents, and when they came into Canada, they assumed that being an architect, lawyer, doctor, or whatsoever was necessary to be happy in life. And my parents do not understand if I want to be an artist in the future, then that's what I will be and I'm, I'm letting no one stop me. That's Jerry, or Camino, from the Mic Drop episode called My Way. And Jerry is actually sitting with me right now in studio. Great to see you. Great to see you, too. You're an adult now. Yeah, of course. So. Okay, let's start with what has changed in just two years since you were 17. Well, I feel more comfortable when I'm writing stories, when I'm writing other people's stories. So before you were more focused on your own experiences mm-hmm. in your in your writing? Yeah. What push that change for you so the first experience i had with storytelling was um raven who was also another teen from this podcast from mic drop from mic drop yeah okay so let's get into that a little bit after being in the podcast two years ago mm-hmm. uh you connected with another teen who had told her story in a different episode her name is raven tell me how did you two wind up connecting what sparked that connection well um i wanted i wanted to make a song were about the teens, so I listened to the whole podcast. Raven's story was the one that hit me the most. And the moment she was talking about um, what she went through, I started writing. That's Jerry performing Drop the Mic, which was inspired by Raven, another mic drop teen. It's so cool that you contacted her and got Raven to collaborate with you on that. Yeah, it was one of my one of my favorite songs that I've done. When you were in the podcast, a big part of your message was that your parents didn't really understand this passion that you have for music. I'm curious about where your parents are at now, two years after we did the podcast. Back then, you told me that your dad was letting you explore. Yeah. And you hoped that your mom would come around. Those mm-hmm. were the words that you used at the time. How do they feel about your music now? Well, now they, my dad, he's still on the same board. So he he's totally okay with it as long as I focus on my studies. My mom before, she wasn't like that, but now she is. She's not completely on board, but she's more supportive about it. She's still interested in you doing well in school. And I remember when we spoke two years ago, you were thinking of maybe pursuing architecture one day. I'm just wondering if you're still thinking about that. So um, architecture is out of the question now, so it's not in my plans no more. That is off the table. That's off the table. That's a clear change. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then also uh, what I told my mom is that I will focus at school and I will do music also as well. But what I can do, but and at that point she told me like you can't really mix school and, and passion together because it's it's really hard to do that, do that. And I told her, well, I will make a business out of my music. And so 
I said I was going to be, I was going to go in commerce. And then after that, I'm going to apply that to my music so I can grow as an artist. So that's the new plan. So that's the new plan. That's the definite plan. Yeah. And how's it going? So far, so great. Yeah. This is Mic Drop 2020, and we're looking ahead to the new year. And I know you're a goals guy. Yeah. What are you striving for in 2020? I want to I wanna drop an EP where each of the songs are a story, and they all have a video company by it. That's, that's what I'm aiming for right now. We are going to keep track, and you need to promise that... When that happens, you're yeah. going to come back and talk to us again. You'll be the first one I call. <laughs> we want to play a little bit more of your music. So here's Shatter the Critics by Camino featuring Seven. And Camino, of course, is our mic drop teen named Jerry. Thank you so much for coming in, Jerry. Thank you for having me. Happy New Year. Don't come to my room like you're friendly. On sake, I thought you don't even know me. I'm tired of being the same. Okay, do stop. Look back at his enemies. Ain't no hero, no Tony. No iron suit for the matter felony. Tired of being where the stole to be. Critics said I'm entitled to villainy. I'm a shattered great soul. I'm a shattered great soul. My five's been nine, and I fail around. I'm a boss of kind. I'm a ghost side. I'm a shattered the critics soul. I'm a shattered the critics soul. I'm a villain. I'm in it with no skies. My limit. They call me a cynic. Two brothers. My lyrics on. That's a bit of Shatter the Critics by Camino. He talked about being inspired by our next guest. Raven is featured in the mic drop episode called Pushing Through, and she joins me now in studio. Happy New Year, Raven. Happy New Year. It's great to see you again after two years. Yeah, it's great to see you too. (laughs) Another mic drop teen, Camino, told us he was so inspired by your story that he wrote about you in one of his songs. How did you react when he approached you about that? I was really inspired to talk about my story to other people and open up a little bit more. Um, It has really helped me to heal. And um, I was really happy that he wanted to do that, not just for me, but also for him. Like, um, like he got to, you know, write a song about it. And um, it just made me feel good. Yeah. Let's have a listen back to what you told us about yourself in the mic drop episode called Pushing Through. I didn't really want my friends coming to my house because my mom would always be passed out somewhere on the floor, on the toilet, on the kitchen table, anywhere. And the music was loud and there'd always be vomit on the floor. It was really messy and a bad environment to bring friends into. And I didn't want them to know that my mom was an alcoholic because I didn't want them to judge me. I'm Raven, I'm 16 years old, and I'm a strong Native American that um, has lived through a lot. My dad died when I was three, so my mom found herself a new boyfriend. He had anger issues. They'd continuously fight about drugs and money, and there'd be beer bottles like he'd try to smash beer bottles on the wall to threaten her as if he was going to hit her with one one day he started coming at me really aggressively my mom tried to stop him and threw her on the ground and she was crying the dog was barking and the dog came rushing to my room trying to protect me but he kind of grabbed the dog and threw the dog across the room to the wall. While I was on my bed struggling to find a way out, he was basically saying to me that he's always right. He kind of like pushed me into the wall and I had a bruise and I kind of pushed him back and I ran out of the house with my school bag and I ran so fast. And I didn't care that I only had socks on my feet in the snow. I just, I had to run because everything was going to catch up eventually. And I was just crying all the way to my bus stop, all the way to school. All I knew was I had to get out of that house. That's Raven from our CBC Mic Drop podcast. That was recorded two years ago when you were 16. Now you're 18, Raven. What goes through your mind as you listen back to what you shared? 
I see that I wasn't in a, in a good place, and I deserved better. It's still really emotional hearing it because all that happened to me, and now when I look back at it, I'm like, wow, because I'm in a totally different place, and I'm I'm really glad that I, I had the strength to get out of there. You're realizing how far you've come. Yeah. Well, let's have a listen back to how you got yourself out of that living situation. When I got to school, I talked to a teacher. She's very close to me. She understands what I have been going through. And so we went together to the social services. I talked to them and they asked me if I had a family in mind I would want to live with. And I suggested my best friend's family because they've been uh, in my life for a very long time. So I went there, and that's where I've been living since. I feel very comfortable with them. I'm really close with the mom. She's kind of that mother figure I've been waiting for. She's very loving, the love that I was missing. She she gives advice, you know. She's everything my mom didn't do. I have a lot of compassion for my mom and love and I see her as a really strong woman who have gone who has gone through a lot, but she doesn't know how to deal with her problems. My grandma, who lives in Aquazesne in New York State, she was in a residential school. And she's damaged from everything that she had to encounter. And because she's damaged, she brought that to a broken home that my mom lived in. The boyfriends of my grandma were alcoholics, just like my mom's boyfriends. They had anger issues, um, they'd uh, verbally, physically abuse my mom, you know, and my mom's sisters and brothers. And I guess that's how it kind of, it's like a constant routine, a constant circle of violence and, and alcohol, and I didn't want to be a part of it no more. We're listening to Raven in the mic drop episode, Pushing Through, and Raven sitting with me here in studio almost two years after we recorded the podcast. Raven, are you still living with your best friend's family? Yes, I am. And how's it going? It's going pretty good. How's your relationship with your mom these days? Uh, it's gotten better. We actually um, talk more often, and she has started the process of healing. Um, by talking to other counselors on the reserve, she's been communicating with her mom a lot more because she's trying to get sober for me. Her whole mindset has changed. And it's brought you closer together? Yes, definitely. I can see the sparkle in your eyes <laughs> when you say yes to that with a big smile on your face. In Mic Drop, you also told us about the special relationship you have with your grandma. Let's have a listen yes. to that. My grandma gave me a blue rose when I was about four. Ever since then, uh, that has been a symbol of hope for me. I'm in an art program here at school. I draw a lot, I paint, basically art in general, sculpting, and on Almost everything I do in art, I put a blue rose on it. I'm still very close to my grandma. We went to powwows, and she comes to special events that I have. She's very optimistic. She doesn't let her struggles of life bring her down. Like, she never had uh, a drink of alcohol in her life. She's never smoked in her life. She she just, she writes. And I think that's where I got my writing from. When I am struggling or I'm stressed, I write because that's how I make myself feel better. And that's how she does too. How much writing are you doing these days, Raven? A lot. I write songs, poems, 
stories. So you're still you're still working through your emotions through your your art. Yeah, for sure. When we last met, you were in your final year of high school and you already had a plan for college. You had an idea of what you wanted to do after college even. Let's have a listen to that. I think it's very important for people to understand that Native Americans aren't weak and they've gone through a lot and um, I didn't want to be in that group of stereotypes, basically the whole they don't go to college and they're poor and they're alcoholics. I didn't want to go down the wrong path that my mom did. So I'm graduating this year and I'm going to college to become either a lawyer, social worker for indigenous peoples. It's really exciting. I gained control of my life, like I got my life back. I have like a good state of mind and I kind of took myself away from a broken home, a broken family, and have built a better family for myself. So that was you two years ago when you were 16. Now you're 18. You're actually in your second year of college. Are you still thinking of becoming a lawyer or a social worker? Um, actually... I, I kind of like, um, I like doing journalism now. I got into that and journalism in the law, journalism in music, news story writing, feature writing. So not so much social work anymore, or maybe uh, like I would still like to help out my community in the best way that I can for sure. Um, but maybe more writing style. Storytelling. Yeah, exactly. What do you imagine when you think of the future? My future is definitely a lot clearer than it was two years ago. I have a lot of hope, even though I am scared, you know. Um, many people are scared of the unknown, you know, because anything can happen at any minute. And it's that's what scares me the most. So to cherish every minute, um, to make the most memories that you can um, with the people that you love. <laughs> It's okay. Happy because, tears are okay. Cause All tears are okay, but I'm happy that these are happy ones. Because <laughs> um, that's the most important part that you take with you, like forever. Thank you, Raven. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Some wisdom from Raven, one of the Mic Drop teens who joined us for this Mic Drop 2020 special. Such a privilege for me to kick off the new year with teens who first opened up to us in our podcast two years ago. A lot has changed in their lives, but their stories are still so powerful. And what strikes me most today is not just that they're striving to be happy or to be happier, but that they're aware they have the power to make that happen. It's a good reminder for all of us. If you want to hear more of our CBC original podcast, Mic Drop, you can find the whole series on our CBC Listen app. This special was produced by Carrie Haber. I'm Sherry OKK. Thank you for joining us and Happy New Year to you. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.